everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. It gives me great joy to bring back to testimony a man whose passion for the lost, especially our youth, has culminated in over 27,000 talks to 25 million people in 125 countries, having authored and co-authored over 147 books in over 100 languages. And if that were not enough, ladies and gentlemen, new evidence that demands a verdict has been named one of the 20th century's top 40 books and one of the 13 most influential books of the last 50 years. And that's just for starters. Despite his many awards and global humanitarian efforts, by his own admission, his wife Dottie of 45 plus years, four children, and 10 grandchildren to date are by far his greatest achievements. Add to this, his latest great read, Set Free to Choose Right, equipping today's kids to make right moral choices for life, which we will talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome, always an honor, founder of Josh McDowell Ministries, international best-selling author and Christian apologist, Josh McDowell. Josh, welcome back to Testimony. Well, thank you. I sure hope that introduction was uh, recorded. Well, it was recorded for sure. It's good to be back with you. It's great to have you back. Josh, in our brief time here today, let's get right to it. Why did you write Set Free to Choose Right? And what exactly do you mean by Set Free to Choose Right? There's two reasons why I wrote it. One is culture has so shifted because of the Internet. The whole concept of truth has gone from objectivity to how you feel, to your emotions. As a result, young people are in a, I guess you might call it a big swamp without a paddle, and they don't know where to turn to make right choices. Second, I wrote it because parents are the most powerful people in a child's life, and it's from mom and dad they should learn what is right, not just what is right and what is wrong, but why is it right, why is it wrong, and how to make consistent right choices. So I wrote the book to help parents help their children. And then third, set free. Freedom is not the capacity to do what you want to do. True freedom is the capacity to do what you know you ought to do. See, many people know what they ought to do. They don't know how to do it. Most children know they ought to make right choices, but they don't know how to do it. So they're not free. And I believe parents, we owe it to our children to set them free so they know how to make right choices. So that's why I wrote Set Free to Make Right Choices book. How then do you communicate, quote, morality to one whose moral plumb line is non-existent? In other words, and you just alluded to it, if it feels good, do it. Who are we to judge? Can you talk about that? Well, culture has totally shifted to where 35, 40 years ago, truth was objective. In other words, you observed it. It was external, it was objective, you observed it. 
to where about 20 years ago it switched to being truth is is relative according to how you think. What well, today, as of the last three years, four years, truth is emotional. It's according to how you feel. And almost all decisions, everything now goes back to how do you feel about it? It's like a lot of Christians that make it say, well, I feel good about it. I feel God is leading me to do this. Well, I get all kinds of red lights go on when I hear that. What we need to do is give our kids the foundation of why things are right or why things are wrong. For example, I can go into a pastor seminar, a leadership conference, a youth convention, a parent seminar, and take the microphone go out in the audience and say, do you believe lying is wrong? Almost every single person dogmatically would say, well, yes. And then I'll lower my voice a little and say, why? The answers are pathetic usually. About 90% will answer this way, because the Bible says thou shalt not lie. And I say to myself, that's absolutely ridiculous. A scenario, is lying wrong because the Bible says thou shalt not lie? 97% of Christians say yes. Or does the Bible say thou shalt not lie because lying is wrong? Okay, then why is lying wrong? Because God is truth. Anything that coincides with the holy, just, righteous nature and character of God is right. That which conflicts the holy, just, righteous character of God is false. God is truth. The person of God is truth. That creates the principle of honesty. Out of the principle of honesty comes the precept, do not lie. Why? Because the Bible says I shall not lie? No, because God is truth. How do we know that? The Bible. The Bible was never given to be worshipped. Jesus was having a conversation with the religious leaders, and they were bragging that they were better than the Gentiles because they had the oracles of God. They said, we got the word of God. And Jesus said, you have the scriptures, and in them you think you have life. And most Christians say, amen, yeah. Jesus said, no, you don't have life in the scriptures. You don't have life in the Bible. Jesus said, you have life in me. How do you know that? The Bible. The Bible is given us to point us to Jesus, whom we might worship, not to point it to itself, the Bible, to be worshipped. And this is why it's so important we have convictions that the Bible is true and accurate. Why? Because if the Bible is not true and accurate, then we don't have a true and accurate concept of who God is. So again, morality is all relative. Okay, now, your book addresses an issue that most churches, pastors, teachers, parents, and lay leaders are unwilling to address, and if they are willing, find it hard to communicate and resolve, and in a way that is redemptive. Can you elaborate? Yes. The story, most of my books, I have a storyline that goes through it, that kind of ties all the chapters, everything together. In this storyline, it's a family whose child has become addicted to pornography, started watching it. And this is something very few people talk about, and yet it's the greatest devastation in the history of the church. We have never had a greater challenge to the church in the life of the world than internet pornography. Chuck Swindoll calls it the greatest cancer in the history of the church. 
James Robinson the other night told me, he said, Josh, pornography is the greatest devastation we've ever had in the church. And so one of the main things I wanted was to help parents how to dialogue with their children about pornography. It's really an eye-opener, Josh. You did a study in cooperation with the Barna Group on the stats and the toll pornography is having on our youth, adults, and our nation as a whole. Can you talk a little bit about those stats? Yes. A year and a half, two years ago, I paid, I think it was about a quarter of a million dollars to Barna Research to do the largest study ever done on porn, scientific study of porn in the church. We didn't do 300 scientific interviews like it requires to be accurate. We did 3,000. So I know we're accurate. And it shows that by far, pornography is the greatest problem in every church in the world. You can stand up in your church and look out. I don't care what church it is. And you can have running through your mind of 18 to 34-year-olds, 70-some percent actively pursue pornography in the Internet. Of women, it's 56%. Between 52-57% of all evangelical pastors are addicted to pornography. Uh, it's sad. And nobody's addressing it. Hardly any voices out there speaking on it on a national level. And so... I wanted to raise the awareness of this, but more so I wanted to help parents on how they can help their child to make choices about pornography. So then what advice would you give a parent finding out that their child is watching pornography, they feel hopeless about it, and they haven't been squeaky clean in their own life about it? What do you say to that parent and to that child? First, I would do this. If the parent has a loving, intimate, secure relationship with that child, you'd handle it one way. If you don't have that relationship, you're in trouble. Because speaking on pornography without relationships leads to rebellion. And the first thing I would do to the child is reinforce my love and acceptance of them and God's love and acceptance of them. I would extend grace. And second... If they brought it to your attention, I would hemorrhage. I would go overboard thanking them for talking to you about it, asking you about it. And then third, I would listen to them. Most want to start in, well, don't you know the Bible says, no, 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 no. Listen to your child. Start saying, well, when did it start? How much have you seen? How often do you watch it? Uh, how does it make you feel? Are your friends watching it? Uh, how did you get involved in watching it? And it's usually through a family member. And so then you listen. And then from there, there's many avenues you go. But one, you need to instill within your child, I believe by five years old, a certain concept of the beautiful biblical foundation for human sexuality. That your body is something that is beautiful. God created it. But if a child does not have a very healthy, healthy, biblically-based, true view of sexuality, then when they do see porn, and they're going to see porn, with your child or granddaughter, not if they do, no, it's when they do, your grandchild absolutely will see porn, period. And if you don't think they will, then you're the problem, because you will lose your child. You won't prepare them. If a child does not have 
a certain concept of a biblical perspective of sexuality the first time they see porn, then they don't have that ability to discern the difference between the original and a counterfeit. And most Christian children today truly believe porn is God's perspective of sexuality. Why? Nobody talks about it. Almost 80% of all Christian parents have never talked to their child about porn or sexuality. So what else is a child supposed to think? And so with this book, and this is just one of many areas I deal with, it will help parents to pass on to their child, how do you know this is right or wrong, and how can you make a right choice? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally renowned author, Christian apologist, and evangelist Josh McDowell, founder of Josh McDowell Ministries, and author of his latest must-read, Set Free to Choose Right. You can learn more about Josh McDowell's work, ministry, and mission by visiting josh.org and be the answer for a heart that needs healing, a mind that needs renewing, and a life that needs saving. Dr. McDowell, Josh, it has been a joy once again having you share from your latest eye-opening must-read, Set Free to Choose Right, your critical insights for reaching our youth and healing our marriages is evidence that God's biblical standards, no matter the cause, still hold true today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. John 8:36. We thank you and God bless you. Thank you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.